1: Jesus we bless your name tonight, we thank you, thank you for your mercy, thank you for help, thank you because you are here again tonight and you will help us to move further, father you will help us to take claim and ownership of this blessing, father I ask tonight for help to flow with you help to flow in the path that you have paved for us to access the blessing, Lord, for tonight. Lord Jesus, I pray for every one of us that you will cause our hearts to be positioned and able, Father, to receive from you.
0: Thank you. We give you glory.
1: Bless your holy name.
0: In Jesus' name we pray. (laughs) Amen. amen
1: Hebrews chapter 10. <clears throat> Praise the Lord. Hebrews chapter 10. um, Praise God. Uh, We're from verse... Hebrews 10 verse 19. It says, Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter to the holiest, by the, by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way which he had consecrated for us through the veil, that is to say his flesh, and having an high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water, praise God. And let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promised us, praise God. Um, By a new and living way, verse 20, he said, by a new and living way which he had consecrated for us through the veil, that is to say, his flesh, praise God, by a new and living way which he had consecrated, which he has prepared for us through the veil, that is to say what? That is to say, his flesh, praise God. Um, now, this flesh is um, is the flesh of Jesus Praise God. There's something about this flesh that we need to see. We need to, we need to really look more closely at. Praise God. Uh, because the way that the Lord is bringing to us is through, is through the veil. That is to say his flesh. Praise God. Say his flesh. So the way which we are, amen, we are being called to find. Every soul has been called to find this way. Amen. And this way has been prepared for us through the veil. And this veil, amen. This veil is the, what the flesh, the flesh of Jesus. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God.
0: Hallelujah. Amen. Amen.
1: Now, in the book of, in the book of John. Let's see the book of John. Chapter Six Free Scott. John chapter six verse fifty three says that then Jesus said unto unto them, Verily, verily I say unto you, except you eat of the flesh of the of except you eat of the flesh, except you the flesh of the Son of Man, <clears throat> and drink his blood, that you have no life in you. Praise God. Amen. And whoso eateth my flesh, and then drinketh my blood hath e- eternal life. And I will raise him up at the last day, for my flesh is meat indeed, and my blood is drinking indeed. And he that eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood dwelleth in me, and I in him. As the living Father has sent me, I, and I live by the Father, so he that eateth me, he shall then, what? he shall live by me, and that is the bread which came down from heaven, not as your fathers did eat manna and are dead, but that death of this bread shall do what shall, shall live forever. praise God. Um, so in verse
0: in verse
1: Verse 53. He said that I say unto you, except you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, that you have no life in you. This life, what Jesus called life, a lot of times when Jesus was teaching, especially in the book of John, when Jesus Spoke about life, a lot of time he was referring to a, a particular kind of life, right? A particular um, aspect or a particular um, domain of the life of God, which is what, what he called everlasting life. Praise God. So, for example, when Jesus said, as he said, as the Father had life in himself, so has he given the Son to have life in himself? Praise God. So the son has life in himself. So now it's not every time that Jesus speaks about life that he explains what kind of life he's speaking of. So when Jesus says life, he's talking about, he can be speaking about what he sees as life. But what he sees as life at at that time was more than just the life of Christ. Right, That was what he, because that was the life that had in himself, as he said, as the father. So the life which Jesus had was the way the father had life in himself. So was the son given to have life in himself, praise God. So, So this place here, this life when he said, except you eat the flesh of the son and then drink the blood, that you have no life in you. This life is... Actually, the kind of life is the kind of life that you get from the Son of the flesh of the Son and from the blood of the Son, which is not the life of Christ. Praise God. It's actually the, the way the, the, the Son has life in himself, right? The way the Father had life in himself is how he gave the Son to have life in himself. Praise God. And if you're eating the flesh of the Son and drinking the blood of the Son, it's that same kind of life, praise God. So that same kind of life is what he's saying that you do not have, you won't have in you except you eat the flesh of the son and you drink the blood of the son, praise God. Hallelujah. Verse 54 says, For whoso eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood, and he hath eternal life. So when you can eat it and drink it so that Eating and drinking is the is the actual finishing of eating and finishing of drinking. Praise God. So when you finish eating it and you finish drinking it, when you finished all the eating of the flesh and you finished all the eat, drinking of the blood, then you will what it will result in is in you having eternal life. Praise the Lord. It's in you having what? Eternal life. And then I will do what? I will raise him up at the last day. Praise God. For my flesh is meat indeed, and my blood is what? Drink indeed. Amen. Now, he that eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood, and that person, he dwelleth in me, and I dwell in him. So that's the way the way they will come into my life, right? Which he calls here eternal life. um, which I believe is everlasting life. Really, that it's not necessarily the the full eternal life of God. That this is actually everlasting life. In in the New Testament, it's a bit conflated, but the this life is the life that you come from, that you get. By doing the work, right? Which is the work of partaking fully of the flesh and of the blood of Jesus. Praise the Lord. Amen. Now, he said, for my flesh is meet indeed, my blood is drink indeed. And, and then he that eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood, that person dwelleth in me. So the purpose of eating my flesh and drink my blood is... For dwelling, for a dwelling, a kind of dwelling where we are both dwelling in each other at the same time. So, at the same time, you are dwelling in me, I am dwelling in you. We are both dwelling in each other at the same time. And so, it's very clear that for that to occur, for us to be both dwelling together at the same time, It means that it must come to a place where there's no separation, right? There's no separation. Um, There's no separation in flesh and blood, right? Because what makes up the son is flesh and blood, like what his flesh and his blood makes him up. Praise God. So when you are able to finish eating, say eat. What does it mean to eat? To eat, praise God. Can you explain to me what it means to eat? Very quickly, someone. What it means to eat. Praise God. Okay, you want me to explain it? Alright, I will explain it. Praise God. Amen. I will just call one of you to come and teach. I will just stop maybe five minutes, ten minutes. Praise God. I will sit down and you come and teach the message. Praise God. I will just be pray for you. We will just sit for you. <laughs> We'll wait for 5 minutes first then we'll wait. praise god because i'm just asking you a question i'm not i didn't say come and teach i just ask <laughs> explain explain eating praise god so eating praise the lord so eating means you take something right to eat is it is a long process to eat right it is not just like when you have eaten that thing you didn't just put it somewhere Something happened for you to finish it to eat something means you, you took it, you broke it down, right? Your body has it has a process of it knows what to do with food. It has to break it down first, then swallow it. Praise the Lord. Then full eating actually really involves your the whole digestion. Right. You digest it, you break it down. So eating the process of eating means it means you take something that's given to you you you're able to break it down into a form that is usable to you so the purpose of eating is to is to add to you is to take the food and make it part of you praise God you want to extract the carbons and the the, all the proteins and all of those things from the food and then make them your own protein and make them your own carbons and praise the Lord and, and all the vitamins and make them your own for them to be part of your body, right? So so the purpose of eating is to, is to join. To, to join, when you want to join, to join flesh to flesh, right? Is by eating. And the purpose of drinking is also to join, to take of one and to make it part of your own. That's the that's the process of nourishment. Praise the Lord. Is to to know when you want to get nourished, you have to take off another thing. And then but it has to be broken down. And then you have to join your come into your own. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. Now, um, the, this eating and drinking of the blood of Jesus so is a means to, for you guys to become the same, right? for the same thing to be in you that is in him, for you to have the same. So the purpose of eating the flesh of Jesus and drinking the blood of Jesus is to have the same flesh as Jesus and to have the same blood as Jesus, right? When the way they would check is so that what has finished his the, the meal of Jesus is have you do have, have his flesh? Right? And do you have his word? Do you have his flesh and do you have his blood? Praise God. And so if he says that except you eat my flesh and drink my blood, then you have no life in you, it means that that this life that being Having the flesh of Jesus and having the blood of Jesus, praise God, is a prerequisite for the life that is in him. So the same way he has life in himself, the same way the Father has life in himself, that if you want to have life in that same way, that you, that you must then consume the facility, right, that what facilitates that life, right, what needs to be in you, what do you need to have? Praise the Lord. To, what frame do you need to have in order to, to have the life God, of Jesus? Amen. Amen. Now they, why did you, they break Jesus down into flesh and, and blood? Why did they break him down into flesh and and into blood? They broke him down into, into what? Flesh and into blood. Praise God. Now, what's the difference between flesh and blood? Praise the Lord. What is the difference between flesh and blood? Praise God. Can someone tell me? Okay. Sister Edidion. So you are escaping from teaching today. You You won't teach. Okay.
0: It's the life.
1: The blood is what contains, it contains the life, right? The flesh houses the life, but mm-hmm. the blood does what contain the life. Sorry, sir. The life is in the blood, okay? But the flesh, okay. it carries it. Amen. Now, what what forms the flesh? Why why is the flesh able to carry the the, blood, the life that is in the blood? Mm-hmm. Okay, what is the the wisdom of how the flesh should carry the life? Where does the flesh get the life? The wisdom of. Sorry, it's in the blood. It's in the blood. Okay. So see it again. Um, I'm
2: just using okay. analogy of the food that okay. you've spoken about. So I'm thinking of when you eat, mm. right, um, everything eventually goes into your bloodstream. Mm-hmm. I guess your body then mm. takes the, the things that have gone in and pushes into different faculties. So I believe that the reason why the flesh covers the blood is also to be able to um, visibly express the life that is in that blood And then cover it, right? But like Eddie Jung has said, that is not the life in itself because the life fountains from somewhere, right? But the flesh is for the expression of that life, sir. Praise God. Hallelujah. The
1: flesh is for the expression. The expression of the life. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. So so the so the, the, the purpose of the the blood, praise God. One of the main purposes of the blood or a part of the purpose of the blood is to is to develop the flesh, right? Yes, because everything that, everything that uh, the, main, the main purpose of the blood is to nourish the flesh. Your food does not go right to your body. Anything you eat that doesn't enter into your blood cannot become part of your flesh. Right? Anything you eat that doesn't become what? That doesn't become part of your blood cannot become part of your flesh. Right? So your body can extract things from the from what you take in and then distribute those things, some of them will be of your flesh, not all of them. Some others will then be reserved for living, as energy for living. Do you agree with that? that it's not every part of what you eat that goes to become part of your flesh. Right, Some of it goes to your, your flesh and gets stored there for as energy to facilitate your living. To facilitate your living. Praise God. Amen. Are you seeing that? You see that? Yes,
2: sir.
1: Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So, we've seen two different programs when it comes to eating and drinking. When it comes to eating, feasting eating and drinking, that it is for, there's a part of eating and drinking that's to develop your flesh, that's part of the program, to develop your word, your flesh, right, and then there's another part of the eating and drinking that is for living, or for what the flesh needs to do, do you agree with that? Right, There's, part of it, it goes to develop the flesh, and then part is what, is for to supply what the the life, the energy for the life that the to help the flesh live out the program or the life that is in the blood. Do you agree with that? So, so it means so the blood is the blood is actually is an active thing right constantly the blood is giving instruction to the flesh is carrying instruction of what the flesh needs to do do you agree with that constantly the blood is carrying what instruction of what the flesh needs to do amen but for the, for the flesh to do what the blood is saying, right? The blood, the, so it's very clear that blood cannot do, cannot do things, right? Do you agree with that? Blood cannot do things. You can't send the blood somewhere, right? Or you can't pour out your blood and say, this is part of my blood. Go and do this. Your blood cannot do things. Do you agree with that? Your blood cannot. Your blood needs flesh. So, the, the, the things that you are, when it says the life of the flesh, the book of Leviticus, life of the flesh is in the blood. Praise God. The, so, what the blood is carrying, you need to understand this the, the blood is carrying the life of the flesh. Do you understand that? It's carrying the word. The blood is carrying the life of the flesh. The blood is carrying the word. The life of the flesh. Now it's not all of God. When you say life, it's not every God. Of God's, God's life is not always stored in blood form. Right? God's life is not necessarily always stored in what blood form is that? Blood is for the, the the purpose of blood is for transfer. Is for what? It's for transfer. The purpose of blood is for what? It's for transfer. It's for transfer of information. Blood is a carrier of information, of life information. Do you, do you understand that? So, so every, every, every blood, when you see a blood, a blood is a record, is a carrier of a life that should happen, right? It's a carrier of a life that should happen, a life that should take place, information that should be executed blood is so so every blood is looking for a flesh right every blood is doing what looking every blood is looking for a flesh a flesh to do what do it to do what is written in it what it's is coded in it it needs a flesh to do that praise god so when you see somebody Behaving, operating now. You see, um, you need to, maybe something happens, they bring you into a situation, solve this problem. And then that problem, you need to find out your own unique way to solve it. That might be different from how someone else would do it. That thing comes, will come from information that is within you. Praise the, Lord, praise the Lord. That is stored within you somehow, in some form or in some way right now you're not when you are when it's time to to do those things or when you to let's say carry this chair or do it a, a, a work physically at that point that's not the point where you can't directly from your blood get the resource that it takes to do that thing right in fact when To executing life in the immediate, praise the Lord, instantaneous execution of life. It is what has already been stored in the flesh that gets done. Do you understand that? Everything, so, what your brain will tell you to do is inside your blood, it's in your DNA. But it has already been coded. It took time, the way your neurons developed, the way your brain cells developed. It's not the same. When they look at your own brain, it's different from, your own, different from your own. Some your right part is more developed than the left part. Some the left are more developed than the right. Different and based on how it develops, that's how aptitude of what the flesh can do. Yes, do you understand? You see some people are more dexterous, manually than others. Praise the Lord. Some give them a football, kick it. They can only do it with left. Some can only do it with their right. Some can use both. It's all a function of how yes. the pro. are you getting what I'm saying? Yes. It's written, but it's how it is stored in the world, in the flesh. That will determine what is done. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yes, sir. Praise the Lord. So, so, so blood was of Blood, the main purpose of blood. That's why when you see, when you see the, when you see in the book of, we read in the book of 1 John chapter 5, right, when he spoke about the sun, how the sun came. He said he came by water and he came by blood. But that water and blood actually for the purpose of witnessing. So it means water and blood is for. So you see all the three things that. The con- that are operating on the earth are all entities of witness. Yes, In First John chapter five, do we need to read that again, or we are familiar with it? Praise God. First John chapter five. We'll come back here. Five. <clears throat> Praise God. First John chapter five. It says that this is Hebrews six. So this is He that came by water and blood, even Jesus Christ, not by water only, but by water and blood. It is the Spirit that beareth witness, and because the Spirit is truth, for there are three that bear record in heaven: the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost, and three are one. Then eight, and there are three that bear witness in earth: the Spirit, the water, and the blood, and these three agree in one. So when he spoke about the record, you didn't see anything like blood there. Right, you didn't see anything like God there. In other words, the record of God in heaven is not necessarily kept in the form of blood. When they showed God in, the, in heaven, in the book of Revelation chapter 4, they showed him like a stone. Right? Even though it's a stone that has the same crimson color right, that the blood has. Do you agree? Yes. The same crimson color that the blood has. And if you trace it, you know that some stones, what defies to stone, into stone is actually waters over time can crystallize, right, with their substances, praise God, and become stony, praise God. So, so a stone in the spirit is, is, is actually that kind of stone. Stones are actually life forms. A stone is a life record is a sitting record of life that doesn't need to flow right it doesn't need to it's not when he say it doesn't need to flow it means that it's not in a witness giving or witness bearing disposition right is it in a resident sitting disposition But when he say i saw him who sat right so so, you see, he who, sit, who is sitting on the throne is not, not sitting in a fluid form. Even though, you now see in chapter 21, that when that life wants to flow, it has to flow as waters. Praise God. I told you before that waters, when you say water there, water is, is blood. Is water and blood. It just means that what is flowing. Blood is actually a kind of water. Yes. Right? Blood is water. Right? Water is water. Because even your water is not empty. You go and fetch, no stream. When you fetch water from a stream, and go and look at what's inside that water. Of course, we say water is H2O, but really water is not H2O. Water is H2O, but, I mean, for you to really get just H2O, the kind of process you must go through. Maybe you have to distill it. Sorry, right? Maybe turn it into gas first. Then, when it's in gas form, it leaves the impurities. When you, then you have to take it from gas and then distill it back to water form through a pure process where you can only get H2O. Praise God. But but H2O. But when you just fetch a water from a stream, it's not just H2O. There are many things. There are minerals. There are all kinds of things inside the water. Praise the Lord. So, so when you see the word water, don't just think it's H2O. Water is actually a, is a solvent, it's carrier of things. Yes. Praise God. So, is, then when you say there's water, and I say, okay, what of what? Right. It's of, not to love, it's the natural law is a water of life. So, I know that if it's water of life, then there is blood there. You can't be a water of life if there is no blood, because blood is the flowing carrier of life. Do you understand that? Yes. Praise the Lord. So, but it's flowing out of the throne of God and of the Lamb. And when John saw that throne before, he saw that it was a stone that was on the throne. In Revelation chapter 4, right? I say, I saw one sat. It was to look upon like a jasper and a sardine stone. So, it was a a crimson red stone sitting upon the throne who was sitting there. So, that's the way he sat in heaven as a record. He sat as a record in heaven. He came to his witnessing time, when it was time was to say, okay, that stony life, that stony life that is upon the throne, that's seated upon the throne, you want to now witness it, right? So, the being that is sent to the earth has to come in a witnessing capacity, right? So, they said that the sun came by water and by blood, and then you said there are three that bear witness on the earth, though. Oh, the water, the spirit, the water, and the world. But they already said in chapter 6 that the spirit that beareth witness. So the spirit is already a witnesser. So that tells you that God has no other business on the earth than bearing witness of their life. Praise the Lord. That is the only, God has no other role. He has no other purpose, actually. There is nothing God can do on the earth that has meaning to them, apart from bearing what? The witness of their life. So that's why, that's why you know, when, um, receiving, you know, here when he went down, then he began to now speak about the receiving the witness. It means that not everybody is interested to receive that witness. Let's read that. Let's read on, Verse 8, and there are three that bear witness in the earth, the spirit, the water, and the blood. And these three, they agree in one. Praise God. And if we receive the the witness, what what's the meaning of agree? There's a difference between agreeing one and they are one. Praise God. So the word agreeing one actually means that when you when you take each of them, you act, you can find differences in their constituency, but it doesn't mean that there is a difference in the agreement, because for the purpose of witness, you must you have to you must it, you, must, you have to separate it, otherwise you can't witness it. God. Praise God. You have to separate it, otherwise it's not a witness. It's not an effective witness. Like, you bring a witness to the court of law and it's at 20, 20 stories at the same time. Praise God. It's not coherent. So you cannot transfer. So transfer, there has to be a coherency, right? Praise the Lord. When there is a transfer. Amen. Praise God. So, so it says here that they agree in one. So the, the spirit agrees in one. The, the, the water agrees. And the, what? and the blood agrees. Now verse 9 says, if we receive the witness of men, the witness of God is greater. This is the witness of God, which he had testified of what? Of his son. Now, what is the meaning of this? Praise God. When they say, if we receive the witness of men, this witness of men is also concerning the same witness. It's concerning the same matter. What they're telling you is that men have come witnessed to God, who have spoken about God, who have actually borne witness. For example, Moses was a man who came with witness. He came down from the mountain with a witness. Because he, to a level, has, he saw God. He had dealings with God. Praise the Lord. All the patriarchs, that's one of the things that marked the patriarchs, was their dealings with God. That They were actually men of witness. Right? Those fathers of Israel, they were, they were what? They were men of what? They were men of witness. Praise the Lord. So, and that was one thing that Israel for had been raised, they were a nation that was raised by the witness of men concerning God. And their strength was based on that witness. So it was based on the witness of God, which men brought to them. Praise God. And so Israel was raised as a nation based on the witness. So what does does that mean? It means that what men were able to perceive of God, men were able to Moses, for example, was a was a was a prime witness. Right? In fact, Moses was Moses, praise God.
0: Hallelujah.
1: You see Moses, then you see Elijah. When you, you speak about witness of men. That's what witness of men actually refers to two men here. Meaning, praise God. He spoke spoke about mainly Moses and Elijah. Then you see the witness of the fathers. They all they all fall under Moses because Moses is the one who wrote all of them, right? All of their dealings, all the patriarchs, all the all the men who had all the men who had witnesses witness with God. Am I correct? Then then Moses wrote concerning them, which is what then he summarised. What say witness of men? You you divide the witness of men into two categories, the law and the prophets. Praise God. The law said law. law and the prophets. The
0: prophet.
1: They are actually the, the two streams of witness. Praise God. They are the two what? The two streams. So, so by nature, by nature of God's witnessing, witness is actually is actually a law. When you trace it, you have to trace that law to God. You can't find a reason behind it apart from this what God said. This is how God said it should be. That it's at the mouth of two witnesses that every word is what confirm. Why two? I don't know. God said. <laughs> That's just God's way. If anybody tries to explain it, if they have an explanation, that would be good to hear. That apart from this is what God said and this is what God did, you know what I mean? So, that when, when the month of transfiguration, two, just two, bring two, is enough. Moses and Elijah, they are the two witnesses who came to praise God, to, to Jesus, because that's the order of witness with God, is two, two, two. And those two sides of witness, now I'm, I'm not talking about witnessing you saw something happen, no. I mean, when you want to witness about God, right? There are two sides to God's witness that complement each other. praise God so, so Moses was, was given Moses embodied the first part praise God he embodied the word the he embodied the first part of the witness praise God
0: Hallelujah.
1: then Elijah embodied the second part of it Now ask me what does the mean of? That? Elijah embody the second part of it. What is the second part? Praise God. The second part is the prophetic spirit. Right? The second part is the what? Is the prophetic spirit. So, Elijah is the, is the embodiment, is the full embodiment of the prophetic spirit. That is what Elijah actually means. Elijah is the full embodiment of what? Of the prophetic spirit, the full embodiment of the word of the prophetic spirit. So Moses and Elijah, they are two men. What set Moses and Elijah apart from the other men? It was, is this, that they were the two men who became privy to the secret of the the secret of the power and the alignment of heaven. Praise God. So, or they actually, be, they actually had the measure, they had the a, a re, measure a representation of the secret of record. Are you getting me? Because that's what, who is a witness? A witness is someone who can talk about the record. Where did they put the record? In heaven. So, the, so what makes you a witness of God is that you see heaven, right? You is the, the ability to see heaven. The ability to see and the, the demonstration of the scene of heaven is access. God. So M- Moses, we know, of course, that he saw it because the, he's the one God told about the pattern, right? <laughs> so ev- the whole thing that they were discussing for 40 days on the mountain was heaven. That's what God was just was teaching Moses heaven. How I many of you agree with that? You agree? Praise God. That, and what God told him was more than the condensed Ten Commandments and all that. In fact, after that, Moses began to churn out laws out of the descriptions, right? It was, those laws were just, let's see how we can best make you align what, the, what is going on, on the, up there. So it means you must have gestured with him about the heavens. Uh, the, uh, praise God. And if you are teaching and speaking about the heaven, you are speaking about things concerning the record that the heaven is keeping. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So, so, that one is very clear. We know, of course, Moses had he had intimate insight, with of what, of what. But we also know that Elijah also had two. Elijah also had two. He also had, but the way Elijah would have had his own was different from the way Moses had his own. Elijah was taught heaven by the by the mantle. A mantle is a, actually a, a mantle is a spirit. Praise God. Is it what? The mantle is a spirit, is a prophetic spirit which he was wearing that was was actually an anointing, right? It was an anointing which he was wearing, praise God, that gave him access to the powers of heaven in a prophetic sense. Praise God. The evidence of of insight into heaven. Is alignment. That's the evidence of in- when you see a soul that has insight into heaven. Is check it, check that, check their alignment. Praise God. What I'm saying is deeply spiritual. It's very deeply spiritual. Praise God. But the Lord will help us to understand what I'm, what I'm saying. Praise the Lord. Is what alignment. Say alignment. Alignment. alignment is alignment is something that alignment is something that if you are helped, you might not know what it is, but when you see it, you will recognize it. That these things align. When something that doesn't align comes, you will know that this thing, if you are helped, that these things do not align properly. Praise God. Now now when I when, growing up spiritually, somehow the Lord allowed me to see all kinds of maybe ministries ministers, all kinds of things because maybe because I was inquisitive, so when I hear of that something's happening I want to know okay what is what's going on there lot of time once i when I get there what happens? as soon as I get there I just know this is this is nothing this is nonsense praise God so before I met dad in the lord Reverend k i've seen many ministers who like to speak about angels who speak about heaven, speak about all the angels, some of we won't tell you, in fact, they even know more angels that the Bible did not even record, you know what I mean? They will give you some kind of names and all that, praise God. But when I just see, I see this thing, praise God, this thing is stressing me out. <laughs> This is not correct. But when Reverend began to teach, I, when I began to hear him teach about the heavens, I teach about the angelic and then I began to in fact, before I, I listened to his teaching about heavens I, I, I of the early meetings I, I listened to were meetings where there were angelic visitations and angelic visitations happened and then there was explanation of what was going on and by the explanation of it and then by the scriptures and just generally my heart I could see there is an alignment. The alignment is alignment is miraculous. Praise God! I, I, it's a miracle. It's like you know that this thing is highly supernatural. Praise the Lord! It's and of course alignment also falls around the scriptures. It doesn't. Call, it don't, I don't mean alignment by any other thing. It's by alignment by, by scriptures. So by the time I came to him. I had known scripture, I, I knew scriptures very, very well. But, but, you know, knowing scripture doesn't mean you know what the scriptures mean or what, that you know what they, I mean. You just know that they, you know that this one said that, that one said that, that one said that, praise God. And I've had different interpretations of different things that I've thrown away. Like, I just say, let's leave it, praise God. But, but when I came to, to oh, reverend, that was, and that was the sign, that was how I knew in my heart that there's something miraculous here. Because um, I, have, I have gone deep in scripture to, enough to know that ah, I, I had the record of, of where things were disjointed, both consciously and subconsciously, in my heart. But coming around, I began to see things being put in place, things being put in place. And that thing was is supernatural. It's supernatural. It is miraculous. Praise the Lord. Are you, are you getting what I, a sense of what I'm saying when I say alignment? Alignment. It, it does not break. Move it to anywhere. Move it into the financial sector. It can unveil the financial sector without things falling out of place. It could tell you where the evil is, where the error is. It could tell you, in fact, what it's supposed to be. Are you getting what I'm saying? Then bring the same wisdom into the home. It will interpret the home and then put things in place. without things falling out of place, bring it into personal life, B- bring it into the academic world. Are you getting what I'm saying? So that's what I call alignment. It means that it can answer the affairs of men, right without any breaking any part or a uh-huh. hand. Praise the Lord, that's just trying to use my English to explain what I mean, but now. Now the purpose of the purpose of witness the sign the sign the credibility of witness is what you call agreement in one that thing called is a miracle agreement in one that that's the attempt of witness is to agree, is to from different angles try and bring a what a complete picture of the record that is in heaven it's the Lord, Amen. So, so Elijah, Elijah had that. If Elijah didn't have that, there's no way Elijah will go to heaven. There's no way that they will that they will they carry him. Praise God into heaven. Praise God without the alignment that it, just, just because he didn't write books, so we don't know his what we don't know what the mantle he was carrying was teaching. him. We don't know what the anointing he was wearing was showing him. We don't know how. Praise God. Now, calling fire down from heaven, you think it's like, is he anointing? anointing? Is there any anointing? Can any anointed preacher do that? Have you ever seen such a thing before? It's not healing bodies. No, no, no. It's not that. It's not, when you, you anointing, you heal someone's body. It's like bringing power, spiritual power, act on the natural body right everything you there's no miracle here that happens that's happening in our time in our day that is no miracle of the supernatural touching the earth about touching things that are earthly things that are earthy. praise god but miracles that touch, something that touch heaven what elijah did is not a miracle right? That was not a miracle. It wasn't wasn't performing a miracle. Calling fire down from heaven wasn't a miracle. Praise God. It was, it was, and you didn't hear that the Lord said that at this time go and call fire. No, no, it wasn't. No, no, no. It was that he had something. There was some, there was an alignment. There's something that he had with heaven. He was a man of heaven, actually, right? He was a man of what? He was of heaven. Praise the Lord. So anything that had to do with the heights, he had power over heights. He could shut down the, the, the air. It should not rain for what? Three. You know, the, and that's the physical heaven, but the physical heaven is just on the spiritual. Actually aligns. The, the physical heaven, actually, it, it cooperates with this, with the spiritual. Praise God. Sometimes when, when the... the when, that can begin to change, but things happening in the spiritual heaven because it's close. It's like after the physical heaven, you can move into the spiritual. Praise the Lord, Amen. So, so, so you saw Elijah having such powers means Elijah was a man of what? Of was a was actually a man of witness, which was a man who had the powers of what of heaven. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. So, um, so when you see witness, there is that twin operation with witness. The witness is in Revelation chapter what? Chapter eleven, right? These are two witnesses. Zechariah called them. These are the two anointed ones who stand where before the God of all the earth. Amen. So, witness. Praise God! You see the same thing. Here, in the book of um, 1 John chapter 5, verse 9. So when it says, if we receive the witness of men, that's the witness of men. The witness of men. Praise God. The what? The witness of of men. We saw what the witness of men is. So it's men, vessels of men, that were given the privilege to have a side of heaven. Praise God. Hallelujah. But the witness of God is greater. So it's men bearing witness of heaven. But of that's different from what you call the witness of God. There is the witness of God which God bears by himself on the earth. These are the persons of God actually coming to bear witness. Upon the earth. Amen. He said that the witness of God is then what greater, for this is the witness of God which he has testified of his Son, that he that believeth on the Son of God hath the witness in himself. He that believeth not God had made him a liar because he believeth not the record that God gave word of the Son. And this is the record God had given unto us eternal life. And then that this life is where? and then he that hath the son hath life and then he that hath not the son of god hath not what life praise god and so this is the exact same conversation of John who we just read right but john was not, jesus was not explaining that how do you come into this life how do you have this life uh, the way that you have this life he must eat what? The flesh and then drink what? Is blood. Praise the Lord. The flesh and do what? Drink of the blood. Praise God. Now, except you eat of the flesh of the Son and drink of the blood of the Son, you have no life in you. Now, verse 10 here. He that believeth on the Son hath the witness in what? Himself. Okay. He that had believed on the son, had a witness on himself, praise God. Now, and because he believed not, okay, he that believed not God had made him a liar because he believed not the record that gave of his son. And this is the record that God had given to us eternal life, right? And then this life is what? In his son, praise God. So, so if this life is in his son, of course... The son carries, is the means through which God's own witness, that's different from the witness of men, right? It's actually the, the witness of God himself, how God bears his own witness, praise God. It's through his son, praise God. And then that son came by water and he came by blood. He came by water and he came by what? Blood. So what does it mean that he Came by blood. So, if he came by water and blood, then he must be received by water and by blood. Praise God! If he came by water and blood, he must be received by what? By water and by blood. Now, in this framework of our understanding. You can tie water and flesh. We can tie wood, water and flesh. Why can you tie water and flesh, Uncle Jimmy?
0: Yeah.
2: We were seeing. Um, it had to do with the fact that light opened to see that um, water is for the body, is for washing of the body, as we see in that book of Hebrews, right? And um, one of the things we also saw. Hebrews chapter. Chapter ten. Can, can you read? Okay. Sorry. Okay. Um. That's Hebrews chapter 10, I read from verse 22, it says, Let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, Mm -hmm. having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience, and our bodies washed with pure water. And in the previous teachings, we saw that the... the So the
1: heart sprinkled from an evil conscience, conscience, that's... How is it it's for the blood,
2: sir. That's the blood that's the blood as we see in Hebrews chapter 9 okay. and then from the build up of previous teachings we saw yes. that the water being being washed with, the body's being washed with pure water, pure water. is that place of um, how the water flows out to us at different places that we are okay. and um, that's where we saw the whole um, th- thing about the exchange of strength yes. in bringing the body forward right and just yes. washing the body to a point where it comes to that place of the, the veil that, that we are, sir.
1: Okay. Yes, sir. So, so you mean the, the body being washed with pure water. Yes, sir. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Yeah. The body being washed with pure water. Right. Now, this is what I want us to see. Is the body being washed with pure water and eating the flesh. flesh. They are the same thing. Yes. sir. Praise God. This and is Jesus was banking on this revelation to come, because Jesus did not explain what he meant when he said it. Even though he got the people angry, he still did not go into the details to explain how will you drink and how will you eat my flesh. He didn't do that. He was, ex- he was expecting that those who, to whom this word will pertain, that the Holy Spirit will do his work. He was banking on the completeness of scripture, that to get to that understanding, you have to journey. Because that thing, that secret, to me, that, that is one of the biggest secrets of the Bible, to unlock what Jesus said there. For his soul to unlock, because now to know the meaning of what Jesus said there, first, first and foremost, that's not the concern of a normal every normal man, or even normal every normal Christian. Because no Christian, there's no Christian whose whose headache is what did Jesus mean when he said, Eat my flesh and drink my blood. How long has that thing been there? Nobody really understood that, understood that thing. But we left it alone. Why? Because we are doing other things. We've not finished praying for our blessing. We've not finished yeah. praying for our breakthrough. We've not finished praying for everything. Praise God. So all of our journey in Christianity,
2: there's no
1: point in our journey of Christianity that necessitates you understanding that thing until you get to a particular point which is at this point where the, the, the knowledge that Jesus was keeping was hiding. It's time for that knowledge to open. So until a soul journeys to the veil, the soul will never find the need to un- understand what Jesus Christ was saying. In other words, until a soul gets to a point where they now see having life in themselves, the way it was given to the son to have life in himself, until they see that as a task. Right? Until they see that. So, of course, it's not the concern of, first of all, people who feel like they're already, they're already God by getting born again. Right? Praise the Lord. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because those who don't even feel there's anything to even uh, praise the Lord. Amen. And then those who are then, who get born again, and they, they have the Holy Spirit, enjoying the Holy Spirit, you have not yet come to that conversation yet. You are not yet interested in having life the way the Father has life in himself. That's not a thought of, like in, of just a Christian at any level. Even when you are journeying with Christ, you are learning righteousness, you have not yet been equipped. You are not yet getting to a point where you can take that thought as a, this is now my, be my problem right now. I need to know how does the Father have life in himself? How can I have life the way the Father has life in himself? So Jesus just kept that. He just said it and kept it there. Praise God. That by God's grace, by the help of the Spirit, there will be a work of the Spirit to unravel and thank God for the faithfulness of men like John. That John, when he was writing this book of First John, that he didn't stop in chapter four. Praise God that he he saw he saw the need to, to that this he, he you know the way the way the apostolic spirit is, it's a certain way that if there is, if there is something, if there is something that's, that is left un, undone in the apostolic chart. There's an apostolic chart of the scripture. In terms of what is that chart? It's a chart of all the things that ought to be un- unveiled. It's all the, all, the, the, all the foundation that must be present for the building of God to happen. That's the, that is the, the boarding of an apostle. When, when you are going to sleep at night, praise God. For, for most of us, what will make us sleep well at night? Okay, you've, you've locked your front door, you have put your things in the fridge, you have praise God. Amen. Let's say today was a good day at work. You completed all your tasks you need to do at work. You've done or oh, praise God. Then you can lie down. <sighs> praise God. You can take your shower, do your clean, and then <laughs> <laughs> praise God. And it's okay. And it's okay. No no, no problem because. But there are people who cannot just go to bed like that sometimes. There are are some people who, what makes them not sleep is that there are some things that are still unearthed, not yet unearthed. Things that are still buried in the foundation that God needs on the earth for him to come. The way you are concerned about your own things, that's how some men, that is their own problem. That's their own problem. That is their own, that is... That is where they find a sense of fulfillment. Mm. And I'll give you a sense of the apostolic thing. Praise God. Amen. Amen. So when you see Reverend, the way he's teaching, way he's teaching for two hours as if, like, he's not, you don't know what that thing is. You don't know. You don't know. It's just sometimes it's just so that you can sleep well. Do <laughs> you understand what I mean? Because, because you guys cannot go home and sleep, and you don't care. They, they, Revelation come. It did not come. The God speak. The God did not speak. <laughs> you, don't, you have to argue that they would kept you there for that long. <laughs> Amen. But, but somebody else, is there. that's their own problem. As you are going home, his own, that's when his own problem is starting. Ha, did this thing come down? Was it really sad? Was, it really, was there really a breakthrough? Was, you, when message is ending, that's the beginning of his own headache and his own problem. Are you getting what I'm saying? That's an apostolic weight. So that's the kind of weight that men like this were carrying. Men like John, amen. Someone like John that he stayed on. After all the other apostles had died, they've gone to be with the Lord and joined heaven. John could not. It was this weight that took him to the island of Patmos. On the earth, they didn't let him go. Praise the Lord. That there are things that still need to be. I'm just trying to give you a sense of of what these things. Mean like what kind of, what kind of a, a trust, a boarding brought forth the scriptures, brought forth. So imagine that John did not explain all these things. Just this John five, you know how key what he said here. Everything that John said here is to the breakthrough in through this veil we are talking about, through this way that we are speaking about. Because a lot of John's work explained. The thing that Jesus left on, not that he left it unexplained, but Jesus purposely kept. Praise the Lord for the season and for the time of what, of understanding. So praise the Lord. So, so by God's grace, we can see that the, the water washing, amen, of what, the flesh with pure water. So it's very clear now. When they say washing the flesh with pure water, he's not buying pure water to wash your flesh. <laughs> it's not because when you say, ah, it's not flesh it's flesh now, it's not, it's not soul, it's not spirit it's flesh, and water that's not a very hard thing let's just wash the flesh, it's not that it's very clear that the, when you say washing of the flesh it's, it's something that has to do with the flesh, that has to do with a water, which is also a spiritual water that you must use to wash the flesh Do you get you know what I mean? So, so washing the flesh. So it's very clear that the water, if the water will wash your flesh and make your flesh pure, and it's not physical water. What is it? It's another flesh. Flesh of Jesus. Is the flesh of Jesus. The purpose of the flesh of Jesus is to wash your flesh. Uh, Am I correct, sir? (laughs) Praise God. The the blood has no other twin. Anything that they twin and the pair with the blood is the same thing. And when you check the twin of the blood, check the scripture. The twin of the blood is either the water or the flesh. When they says something and blood, it's either water and blood or flesh and blood. It's either flesh and blood or water and blood. Those are the two twins. But the scripture, they did it a certain where you need help. You have to really be, you have to be concerned with the matter at hand. To even bother to look at that thing and, and see it. Praise God. So when Jesus was speaking about eating his flesh, he was actually talking about the washing of your body with pure water, which is very, 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 very important, very, very necessary, very, very essential. Praise God. Now, there are places where they highlight that operation of washing of, wash the washing of the body. Right, where they highlight that operation of washing of the what, of the body. Now, when they speak about, when they speak about, the work that needs to be done for you to join the head to connect the head. Right, a lot of times they don't speak about it in soul terms. They about it in body terms, not in soul terms. Why? Because if the body can fulfill it, it's the proof that it's in the soul. That's why the standard of judgment is not that God will open your soul and then they will take draw some blood for you from you and then say, "Okay, what is what is inside this blood?" No, It's that they say that. When they archive what you did in your body, that's enough for heaven. That is the standard of judgment, right? So they will all stand before the judgment seat of Christ to give account of what the things done in the body. So it's not bring your blood, let's go and check. It is that we don't need no. Let's just see what you did in the body. That's enough for us. Because what was done in the body can never lie. What a man does in his body can never, ever lie concerning what's inside of him. Right, because the body is actually a record. When you see your body, your body is actually a word. It is they can take it, look at its works and then determine okay, what kind of life is within the man who used this body. praise the lord everything you do your body is actually a bearer of a record right everything you do your body carries the record of what has been done but on the earth it carries the record of what has been what of what has been done what has been done what has been done, has been done. that's the purpose of body one of the main purpose of body is for doing and then to have a record of what has been done upon the earth. So when, when God brought the soul, God formed man from the dust of the ground. Right? What God raised out of the dust was, and everybody has his own. You have your own, your own share of the dust of the ground. And your own share of the dust of the ground is to, is to, is to trap the record, is a record of what you are doing. A record of what you did. What did you do throughout your time? Let's say you wore a body for eighty years, ninety years, hundred years on the earth, and then you. Let's say the person dies, and then the body goes back into the earth. Praise God. After after the time, when it's time, God will now call all those things back from the earth, and then check it, and then read it based on, it's based on the reading, praise the Lord, that God will, they can determine what kind of a man was this, what kind of a person was this, what kind of a person was this, praise the Lord. Am I making some sense to you? Now, now when he speaks to about what, this body, so the body needs to be washed. Praise God. The body has to be washed. Amen. Now, if the body is not washed, if the body is not washed, the body that's not washed cannot be used by God. Right? The body that's not washed cannot be used by God. Praise the Lord. Now, Jesus Christ said that when you eat my flesh and drink my blood, the result of you eating my flesh and drinking my blood, is that I will praise God. Yeah. He said I will raise him up at the last day, right? That's one. Verse 56 says, he that eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood, that, that that person dwelleth in me and then I in him. Praise God. He dwelleth in me and then what? I in him. Now that dwelleth in me, I in him is that is a point of unity where you have been united with him. Right? Is a point of unity where you have been what? United with him. Now. Nobody, nobody will cross the veil alone. No person, no man will cross the veil alone. So you see that new and living way. No man can cross that veil alone. The only kind of being that can cross that veil is a head that is joined to a body. Is the head that's what? Is a head that has that is joined to what? Jesus Could not cross there alone. Right? Jesus is, for Jesus to go, Jesus actually had to to be a full man, am I correct? He had to be a full man. And at some point, they had to raise him up. Even his body had to be raised, his body had to be changed, am I correct? Now, what is that body of Jesus? The body of Jesus, the body of Jesus, the body of Jesus, that body which Jesus had, was the first body of Christ. Do you agree with me? (laughs) Was the first body of Christ. That was the first body of Christ. That was the first body, the first wife Christ married was Jesus? Yes, 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 yes. Praise the Lord. Yes, praise the Lord. Are you understanding what I'm saying? Amen. The first wife that Christ married was what? It was Jesus. Now, when when you're, what is actual Christ? Christ, Christ really is a head. It's a type of a head in the spirit. Christ is a, is a word is a type of a head in the spirit. When you check him what he is Christ is a head. I mean the Christ the Christ the creator, the Christ the beginning of the word creation of God. That word beginning of the creation is is not the head of the creation. Do you agree? Christ, the head of the world, of the creation. Christ, the head of the creation. He's actually a head. Sorry, sir? And the first is the head. As the man is the head of the woman. The Bible said it right. As the man is the head of the woman, Christ is the head of the man. And then God is the head of Christ. Praise the Lord. Right. So Christ is actually Christ is actually what a head. Christ is a head. Christ is a head. Christ is a head. Is a creation. It's a creation of God. He's a creation of God. Praise the Lord. Do you agree with that? Yes, sir. The same way the the spirit man is a head. Yes. Right. It was a head that was created in Genesis chapter 1 that had to form a body for. So it's very clear that the head needs the body. The head needs the body. Am I correct? Praise the Lord. So when Jesus was raised up, then the body was ready, right? He came and then he took his body. So, of course, when, when you're seeing body now, don't see a physical, don't pass seeing body as a physical thing, right? But A body is, is, is physical, but that, that carries operations. It carries, it has a record of spiritual things. It is put, it is a, a body is a vessel, right? It's a vessel of, it's a vessel that is already, that has done the first marriage, Right, the first marriage is the marriage of the soul and that that body. They are already together. They did things together. They have become one together. They know each other. They overcame things together, right? And he is he, waiting. So Jesus Christ we, we cannot do it. It's not useful without that body, that body that with which he has, that was prepared for, him, which he had, which had done everything. He has fulfilled all the law of, that, of marriage, of a Christ. Then He picked that body, then he went. So he's, he's a Christ that has married, that passed through the veil. That forerunner who, for us, entered, his way of entrance is the way of entrance. And now for that, we see that head called Christ, that beginning of the creation, the, the Christ head must marry many. Right? Is he must what? Marry many. So the first body he married was the first member of the corporate body. Right. It's one body but many members. Right? So that head must keep coming to marry and take. Come and marry and take. Come and marry and take. Come and marry. And take. Are you getting? When I say marry now, I'm talking about Christ marrying. Right? Christ marrying. I'm not talking about God marrying Christ. They are marriages. Right? If they say the man is the head of the woman, he married the woman one day. Right? And Christ, the head of the man, Christ married the man one day. God, the head of Christ, there's also a marriage there. Which, but that marriage of God marrying Christ, the marriage of the most holy place, is not a marriage of the holy place. Right? The marriage of Christ marrying his body is a marriage of, for entrance. It's a marriage for the passage of the new and what? And living way. Do you understand what I mean? Praise the Lord. So... For that marriage, so you see the purpose of that marriage is a marriage for entrance. It's a marriage for entrance. Point, point where Johnny body joins head. Right? Body joins head. Nobody will move into God's presence without their head. Right? And for their head to be with them, they must have grown up to him in all things. Amen. Amen. Now, this thing, that thing is what Jesus was referring to as, I will raise him up. So, the raising up is actually, you know, it's almost like a rapture. Rapture is a resurrection. The purpose of rapture is for marriage. The purpose of being raised up is is to, the way they depicted it in the Bible, you will see him, he will come, and then they will rise up and with him in the sky and all of that. All of that picture is actually a type of a of a spiritual reality. Does this make sense? Yes, sir. Are, are you getting me? Yes, sir. So no Christ that is a, no a, no Christ that is headless can go to God. And God put that law because that law is so that any Christ that will come is a Christ that is fully de- developed, because. The sign that you are married is the sign that you develop fully. Because to get to to the marrying point, you must have grown up to him in all things. You must have been raised fully in stature. Praise the Lord. Now, So you see that purpose of, of, of marriage, I think Peter put it this way when he was saying husband love your wives. He said as Christ loved the church and gave himself for, for her, that, said that he might sanctify her by the what? Washing of water by the word. Cleanse it and sanctify it by the word, washing of water by the word. You are seeing that you are also now seeing the tie of the washing of water being applied to the body. Because that wife is actually the body. That that is Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5. Praise God.
2: Hallelujah.
1: Praise the Lord. Verse twenty-five. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it, right? That he might sanctify it with the washing of water by what? The word. So Christ wants wants to sanctify it, the church, right, by the washing of what? Water. What does it mean of washing of water by the word? means that washing of water, by the word. They're telling you what aspect of the word will bring about, is applied for for the body of Christ, right? So that he might present it to himself, a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. So ought men to love their wives as their own bodies. Praise God. And he that loveth his wife loveth, what, himself. Praise God. For no man ever yet hated his own flesh, but nourished and cherished it, even as the Lord, the church. For we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother, and shall be joined unto his wife, and they too shall be one flesh. This is a great mystery. I, what I speak concerning Christ and the church. Now, when it's a great mystery, you don't begin to move into great mysteries until you move into an everlasting realm. Right? Christ is a mystery. But this mystery is actually a greater mystery than Christ. Where this mystery, in other words, it's a mystery that's played out at different levels. The lowest level is husband and wife, they are doing a mystery. When you see a husband and wife at home, they are doing a mystery, right? It's a mystery they are doing, but it's a mystery that can be brought down to their level. Then, when you move to the realm of Christ being the head of the mind, it's also a mystery they are doing, but it's at their own level. You see that, or Christ being the head of His body, is also a mystery at a level. Then, there is the in that realm of God being the head of Christ. By the time you are at that level, you have gone higher than Christ. It's the same mystery. So I'll tell you that where the mystery is coming from is from a greater place. It's actually a great mystery that must be fulfilled at different levels all the way down. Praise the Lord. Amen. Are you, are you seeing something that I'm saying? Praise God. So, so the purpose of your body is for marriage. That's how you're supposed to begin to see your body now. This light this light beckons on you to begin to see your body differently. Right? That the purpose of the body is that you are preparing it, right, to be presented. Jesus actually wants to present it to himself, right? So, Jesus, what, whatever happens with the corporate, must happen with the individual. Otherwise, it will not happen with the corporate. Are you getting me? So, that's why you can switch between them anytime. I can switch between speaking about Jesus marrying the church as a purified vessel to speaking about Jesus marrying you as a purified vessel. Are you getting what I'm saying? I can, just, I can switch it so I can talk about you know, Jesus marrying the flesh. You know, sometimes guys like to say some kind of things. When you talk about the standard of perfection, they say, no, 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 he's talking about perfection. You know, that together as a body, the church will be perfect. Are you getting what I'm saying? So they are trying to escape from their individual. So are you trying to tell me that, that so if the individuals that make up the collective are not perfect, how is the collective? <laughs> are you kidding? <laughs> it's stupidity, but it seems like you are smart. So, so, so let's bring that from that collective place. You have to look at it individually. It means that when you, are, you cannot journey with the collective sense, you won't journey, right? They have made it that. And that's why the Lord really brought it down, even husband and wife. So to be honest, the reason why the husband really married his wife is to be preparing her for her taking her own place in Christ as well. And as he's doing that job, the same Lord by which he's doing that preparation, Himself is being prepared by Christ as well, because they are both obeying the same mystery. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I said, Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So, so this thing, right of being our bodies being being washed, are you saying that our bodies being washed is a key and an important part? that right? body that has not been washed, if, if your body has not been washed, it means that your soul has not fulfilled its journey yes, for entrance. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. The proof that your soul has fulfilled its journey for entrance is that your body has been washed with water. And that's the way the scripture renders it. Praise the Lord. The person who really, 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 really needs to use your body is God. Christ is the one who who will prepare the body for God. So So the sign of the marriage of Christ to his body is actually a proof to God that this body is now ready for use by me. Do you agree with that? Yes, sir. That when Christ says, ah, the marriage has happened, God says, okay, no, I'll be it here. It's time for us to use it now. So a so soul, a body that has married Christ, right, is, has become the temple of God. The temple of God. When you say, this man, wow, has now become the temple of God, is that this man has actually presented his body, married to Christ, and Christ has accepted it, and marriage has occurred. The moment that happens, that that one becomes a holy temple. That was what Paul was speaking of in Ephesians chapter 2. Grow it into what? A holy temple. Let's see that. When everything has been fitly framed together, praise God, and are built upon the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, Jesus Christ himself being what? The chief cornerstone, in whom all the building fitly framed together, groweth into what? An holy temple in the Lord. First, And holy temple, what in the Lord? Then in whom ye are also builded together for an habitation of God through the Spirit. Note this word, an habitation of God through the Spirit. An habitation of God through what? Through the word Spirit. Praise God. Hallelujah. Do you agree with me? Yes, sir. Amen. In 2 Corinthians chapter 6, so just note what we saw in Ephesians chapter 6, 2 Corinthians chapter 6, praise God. From verse 14, it says, Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers, right? had righteousness with unrighteousness, and what communion had light with darkness, and what concord had Christ with Belial, or what part had he that believeth with an infidel, and what agreement had the temple of God with idols. For ye are the temple of the living God, right? As God has said, I will dwell in them and walk in them, and then I will be their God, and they were. So, so, for ye are what? The temple of who? Now, the living God is everlasting God. Praise God. So, so, this temple, when you say ye are the temple of the living God, this temple is not just talking about your soul. Being the temple of God. Praise the Lord. It's not just your what? Your soul being a temple. God can. Because what God wants to use it for, God can not dwell and walk in a man when the body is not involved. Because God I want to I would dwell in them and walk in them. Right? God cannot dwell in a man. I say no, God just dwells in me. I just I sense, him. I sense him. I sense him deeply. You can't. Oh, God is walking in me right now. I can feel him. I sense him walking in me. No. Praise God. Is Walking means deeds. When God is walking in man, you'll be seeing that those men, their soul will be using their body to execute. So whenever you see the word temple, temple does not involve just the. So when when a man has become a temple, is that his both his soul and his body, they have arrived at a point of what? A point of where of usage. The word temple, the usage word. Temple is what you use. It's what God, what God uses. It's what is used for the purpose of God. So for a soul to arrive at a temple state, it means that the body has been. Redeemed. Yes. The redemption, to wit, the redemption of the body has happened. The body has been redeemed. That's what makes a man a temple. Yes, Praise the Lord. Amen. Do you agree with what I'm saying? Yes, Let's see First Corinthians chapter six. You know, Paul told you to both First Corinthians and Second Corinthians as at different levels. Amen. Amen. In 1 Corinthians, the conversation was a little lower. It wasn't talking too much about all idols, and it was talking about fornication and our works of the flesh, but it was still... So when it came to the works of their flesh, it was telling them about the purpose of the body, that you guys are abusing this body. You don't really know what this body is meant for. Praise the Lord. Verse 15, right? It says that, know ye not that your bodies are the members of Christ. Right? Your body, say bodies, say bodies. Not souls now. Bodies. You know, if he was referring to soul, he would just say soul. You know, when you read that 2 Corinthians chapter 6, you can say, oh, you know that you are the temple. You feel like, wow, you can just put soul there to make you feel okay. <laughs> that is just the soul. No, no, no. Here, he's saying the bodies, know ye not that the bo- your body this because he was talking about things about the body. He said, I know you know that your body... Say members. Members. How I many of you believe what I'm saying? That this body now is a member of Christ. It's something that is destined to be a member of Christ. The way Jesus' own body became a member of Christ, that your own body should become a member of Christ. Say, so, know you know that your bodies are members of Christ shall I then take the members of Christ and make them the members of an harlot? So, of course, it was speaking of people who still do harlotry, misuse their body for the works of the flesh. So whenever you do something like that, you are taking the the member of Christ, Christ's body, praise the Lord, and you're going to make it a, what? Members of what? An harlot. It says, God forbid... What know ye not that 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 which is joined on her lot is one body? For two, she said, shall be one flesh. But he that is joined unto the Lord is one spirit. Free fornication. Every sin that a man doeth is without the body. But he that committed fornication sineth against his own body. So you see dividing sin. Sins that all the other ones outside the body. One category. Another category, the ones that you do against your body, sinning against your body. What know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost? So here, he used the word temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, but not just is the Holy Spirit, which you have of God, and ye are not what? Your own, for you are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit. Are what gods. Praise the Lord. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your what? In your spirit, which are what which are God. So this is very, very clear. Right? Have we established this? God's claim over the body. Anybody doesn't understand this claim, forget about everlasting life, everlasting works. Forget about it. Forget about it. The power of the everlasting realm or everlasting conversation is that when the sign of that realm is when men begin to gain mastery of their bodies, like Jesus did. That was one of the signs, one of the distinctions of Jesus. One of his great distinctions was Jesus had what? He had mastery over what? Over his body. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. So you're seeing the importance of why the body needs to be washed with water. Praise God. So Jesus Christ said that except you eat of my flesh and drink of my blood then you have no what You will not have this life in you. So the eating of the flesh of Jesus and then the drinking of the blood of Jesus. Those two components, the eating of the flesh. As you are eating the flesh, you're drinking the blood. You are eating the flesh, you are drinking the blood. You are eating the flesh, you are doing what? You are drinking the blood. So, now, the blood of Jesus comes earlier to a soul than the flesh of Jesus. The eating of it. Do you know why I said that? Because by the time you are, once you even enter the Levitical world, you already began the school of the blood. All the realm of Christ already is the school of the blood. Right? The school is a very, very long school. You start with the nitty-gritty of the blood. Right? The blood of Jesus is already at work, right from the beginning of Christ. Every learning of Christ is actually a provision of the blood of Jesus. Yes. Every learning of Christ is a provision of the Lord, of the blood, of the blood of Jesus. But there will not be a time when they now begin to speak about water and the blood. Praise God. The water, the, the, the table of the water and the blood is, is actually a high table. It's a very, very high table. There was a time, I don't know if you can ever remember, when we talked about the communion table. We spoke about how Song of Solomon rendered that he brought me into his banqueting house and his banner over me. So he said that that banqueting house is not, not coming into the altar court, it's not even entering the holy place. That when you are getting close to the veil, there is a house of preparation. That's where they spread the banner of love. Are you getting me? Yes, that, that banner of love is spread in the in the house of God's word, of God's banquet. Now, in the banqueting house, that's that's actually where there, that's a table of communion. The communion table. You see that communion table, praise the Lord, It's actually a very high table in the spirit. The table of communion is the table for the for the access into the through the veil. Is the, the communion meal is the meal. That souls who are gearing up for everlasting life begin to eat. Because that, that table is the sharing of the body and of the blood. That bread is the sign of the body of Jesus. So this is my body broken for you. The Lord. And then he said, This is the New Testament where in my blood. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 So that, that maintaining that communion table was was one of the main, I can call it a ritual. It was a ritual of the everlasting season of Jesus' life, the season of Jesus' communion. I don't think Jesus was doing communion table with his mother and father at home. He wasn't. It was, was, wasn't until the disciples came around that he had to commit to them that thing like paul said in the book of first corinthians chapter 11 he said that i commit unto you that which i also receive of the lord of lord jesus in the night when he was betrayed he took bread so jesus actually went to paul and then also committed that same thing to him which was the the ordinance of how to eat his body and how to drink what how to drink his blood Praise the Lord. So, so you see, the meal of the eating of the body of Jesus and the drinking of the blood of Jesus. This is one thing. Any soul that will say, Oh, I've entered the most holy place, will ask, Have you eaten the body of Jesus? And have you, have you eaten the body? And have you drunk his blood? We've been drinking his blood for a long time. So we've all drunk his blood to, in degrees, but We've not started. Most of us haven't started the touching the body of Jesus. We don't even know what the body of Jesus is. Light has to come. Light has to be un, to shine to unveil that body to see what the body. Because you now discover that see, it's in that area of the body that we always fail. You see, life can be prospering inside someone's soul for even decades. Both by revelation and all that, but but you find that when it comes to the the body, bringing the body under the governance of the same life, it's as wow. if the body is almost like there's a, a monster there somewhere yes. that is yes. God, yes. Amen. That he that, that one, it can even it can let you enjoy revelation, yes. enjoy it, yes. but don't bring that thing where I am. Um, yes. We have our own program that we are doing. It takes a high power, a high power, a high power, praise the Lord. So the purpose of the washing of, the, of this water, or washing with pure water, is the power to make life travel to the body. That is the equipment that the soul, that they want to give when it's time to cross the veil. That's why they term that veil as his flesh. Is the new and living way through the veil, which is his flesh, is a barrier. Is a is there's some, you need to be to engage powers. Praise the Lord to move in you when you journey 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 to a point where okay, then I'll say it's now time for you to to fulfill the requirement of the flesh of Jesus. You now discover that your pays now have to reduce. They have to create a banqueting house for you in that realm. You think that because, ah, this is just the veil. Wow, this is the veil we've been looking for since. It's time to just enter. No, no, they say, wait. We have to. Like how Israel camped around Jordan. They were just there. Waiting for, how do we get over Jordan? They were just there. Until God had to raise a Joshua and gave him, look, you have to now take this this law, meditate on it. You see this law that Moses brought? There are things inside there. There are things in this law, the actual powers that you need to unleash from this thing by meditation, day and night. This is, it's, called the, it's called the Jordan meditation. It's the Jordan meditation. It's that the whole nation, they are ready. They've done wilderness. The few of them who are left, we are now ready to cross over, but we have to wait. Is that the strength to cross over is that to cross over Jordan, there must be the prosperity of a way to make your way, that you observe to do, to make your way prosperous, to generate the prosperity across Jordan, there is a, a meditation that needs to come. And we saw yesterday that that, that meditation, what will un, unleash the power, the unlocking the power of mercies, show mercies, and that everlasting covenant. Praise the Lord. The, the, only, the power to break the covenant that is in flesh, is higher. The power must come from a higher realm. It must come from without to disengage. Because the flesh is a record of covenants. Agreements that have been made that is bound. You can study all you want. We have covenant. There are things that we are bound to do. They are written into the flesh. Amen. Praise the Lord. Now, if, if, if a man after, who lived 2,000, 3,000 years ago, To find out what he is, they they can raise out his flesh back. And what did he do in the body? It means that that flesh has that everlasting nature to it. Do you understand me? That the age of the, the strength of the flesh is actually the strength of the earth. It's the strength of the present creation. Even though the soul can leave it, it's still there. The record of what was done with it is still there. That's how strong that thing is. It, re, it resides in the flesh. Anything that enters the flesh, the power that binds things to the body, is actually everlasting power that binds things. So you see, many people doing, when you say, ah, I've been learning Christ, these things are not ending, they are not breaking. What's happening? You don't know that it's an, it's an everlasting strength. As long as there some, it's not everything that's traveled into your body, there are some things that are still. Gearing up in your soul, then Christ, Christ can intercept them and stop them before they become a law in your members. But once they move into your members and become a law in the members, they sit there with an everlasting strength. That's what Paul was lamenting against. I found, I've done everything. I still found these laws in my. Who will deliver me from the, this body, this body of death? It will take everlasting powers do so and that's what the mercy of God is bringing to us in this season we'll begin to touch it by mercy praise the Lord let's just begin to bless God and just pray for let's pray just a little just turn whatever has come into your heart from this teaching tonight just raise it turn it into a prayer in your within you and turn it into a, a supplication.
0: Let us pray.
1: Let's remember Jesus. The same lamentation of Paul, Jesus lamented the same thing, in the days of his flesh. But he was empowered to to cry and to pray. And the Bible says, he, and he was heard in that he feared. He was heard, means that he prayed. He prayed. The veil is a place of prayer. When men arrive there, there's an altar there. That altar of incense, the golden altar is for prayers. It's prayers to receive mercy to break difficult covenants,
0: to engage higher powers, to engage a greater strength, strength from within
1: the veil. This is a realm of
0: prayers. Mercy, 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 mercy. Malala, 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 mercy, 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 mercy. Mary on shoulders, glad all Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' name, we pray.
1: Amen. I hope you realize that these teachings are I mean I see them as prayer point. It's just prayer point we have to journey to get to. So we don't have enough time to pray them in the meeting because of time. So but just take them in your heart and these are things you should be praying about to find your own mercy. Praise don't forsake your mercy. There's a time temp- in season like this when they bring the righteousness. You know, righteousness is the fuel of prayer. The effectual fervent prayer of the righteous man availeth much. It's because of what has come by revelation that you pray. That's the energy. So, in this kind of season, spirits are on edge. They are on edge now because they are not too bothered about your prayer life when you don't know what to pray for as you ought. Because that prayer can't do much. How much righteousness? How much, ra- much sight has come? Not too much. Let them let him pray. He won't get too much done. But this kind of season, when they begin to unearth f- fresh things to pray for, that you never saw really to pray for before, it's a time of incense. Spirits are actually afraid. They become on hyperdrive. And the way they manifest it is that it, it's distraction. What can they do to stop you from praying these things? So if, if they can stop you from praying them, maybe they will go away. And you end up not laboring in to raise your incense upon these things. Praise the Lord. I want you to see yourself in these next few days before convention as if you are before that altar in the holy place, as if you are there, you are ready to, to offer up what prayers. And be sensitive in this time. This is a time to turn away from what the Bible calls it lying vanity say those that observe lying vanity forsake their own mercy so the purpose of lying vanity is to pull you outward to not to let your soul rest in the labor of prayer and supplication that you need to connect the mercy that God is bringing praise the Lord so I pray for every one of us that the Lord will help us to pray about these things and that each one of us will obtain our own mercy in Jesus' name. Father, we thank you tonight. We give you the praise. Thank you for your word. Thank you for speaking. Thank you for raising points of prayer. Thank you for helping us and raising quest, Father, for these things that you are saying. Father, I pray that no heart, no soul, no person will come short of it, that you will help us, our Lord, to receive the download in our soul of all the blessing that you have for us in this time. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We give all the glory to your holy name. We know that you will continue to help us. And we trust and believe. We know that all we have prayed for tonight, that you have heard us. And if you have heard us, that you are going to grant them to us. So we receive them by faith. Thank you, our Father. We give you all the glory. We bless your holy name. In Jesus' name we pray.